0: Welcome to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Today we got a special episode for you with me, Riley, and Pastor Nate talking about Pastor Nate's most recent trip to Israel. And I ask him all the questions. What was your favorite things to see, to eat, and what was your biggest kind of takeaway from the trip? And if somebody's considering going to Israel, should they really consider going? So all these questions we talk about and some more So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Pastor Nate about his trip to Israel. All right, Nate, we are looking for the ultimate tour guide experience right now from Pastor Nate from Israel.
1: I'm ready, man. I'm ready.
0: (laughs) How was your trip in Israel? Like, what was like... How did you feel being in Israel? Like, what was like the impression you had when you first got off the plane and you yeah. see everybody?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's been a lot of, a number of years since I've been there in my twenties. I was able to go twice. I went with a group of pastors who were familiarizing themselves with what a tour is like. They call them pastors, fam tours. And then I went with our church when our previous senior pastor, Roger Scalise, wanted to lead a tour there. So I was just kind of helping. So this is my first time as the leader of oh, wow. the trip. And um, so, yeah, man, just, you know, landing. We had a group of 25 people this, this year and uh, getting there to uh, Israel. I kind of didn't really, I I think I had a little apprehension. I didn't totally know what to expect. You know, I told our tour guide who I met, you know, once we landed, uh, I said, hey, you know, I've I've not led a tour myself before. I've been here for a fam tour. I've helped a tour. um, So I know a little bit about what to expect, but you know, if there's anything that you need from me or that I can do, you know, just let me know. I'm willing to teach as much as I can. And, you know, for a pastor, it's like a work, trip you know, you basically have your uh computer you're ready to roll to get any studying done you need to the night before going to various sites um but it's also fun because you know these are places and times and thoughts that I've studied a lot over the course of my you know 25 years of pastoral work so you're kind of you know able to just like Okay, this is a, like you, you can't. There, in other words, there's no way to really prepare for everything you're going to see. Right. I mean, there were plenty of times where the guide would just look at me and say, Pastor, do you have a teaching here? And I was like, Sure, you know, <laughs> I guess so. You just pull out your Bible, you turn to a place that uh, has significance uh, or a passage that is significant with the place that you're visiting at that time, and then retell the story. And, you know, you're not trying to draw out billions of applications. It's not a three-point sermon, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, it was really fun for me to just have that experience of just uh, teaching in different kinds of ways. Um, And uh, you're always sensitive too to just the environment of that moment. Like for instance, you know, the night that we got to Jerusalem for the first time, you know, it was about halfway through the trip. We went to the mount of olives Hmm. this is a very significant place biblically it's prophesied that this will be where christ returns Uh, this is where he spent uh, the night before he was crucified Uh, this is where he taught his disciples the olivet discourse Um, and this is the you, you know as i said earlier the place where he'll you know set his foot when he returns and then enter into Uh, after winning a war the east gate so you know it's high significance but when we visited it it was freezing it was so cold the wind was howling and you know people are bundling up and and uh, it's kind of like getting dark so you know like if you have a 45 minute teaching prepared Good luck, you know, so you're like on the fly. You have to condense and, you know, Mm. think about what needs to be said and just make it as impactful as you can without destroying the moment. Yeah. Fast forward to another day on the trip. We visited the Valley of Elah, which is an untouched area. You know, there's no like church there or shrine built or anything like that. But it's where David killed Goliath. And you can see, you know, the hills of the israelite army was on and the philistine army was on and it's just like facts this is where it happened nobody's guessing this is where it occurred um but when we were there you know it's like the biblical significance of it like oh yeah it's cool but it's no mount of olives yeah Um, but when we were there the sun was shining it was a nice day we had nowhere to be no one else was there pressing down on us so it was like, yeah, okay, this will be a time where we have a chance to have like a longer teaching and kind of can yeah. kind of stretch out. So it was really fun to just kind of experience the um, being flexible as a pastor and just kind of going through these various sites. That was a blast. That is so cool. Do you feel
0: like... It's not um, even close to what you asked me about, but... I, no, thank you for just going there. I was curious, do you feel like... Um, I mean, as Christians, we don't, like, have to go to Jerusalem. No, yeah. Um, but do you feel like every Christian should really try to go there? Is it kind of like a life-changing enough experience where it's like, this would really benefit you? Or is it more like, this is, like, supplemental, and if you can do it, like, great?
1: But. Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, for me, I, I noticed a hesitancy with my within myself about uh, hyping it up hmm. ahead of time, probably for... A couple of reasons. One, just being, we were like in the middle of COVID. It was hard to know if we were even gonna actually go. You know, we had to postpone it a year in the first place. So you're, you're real hesitant. Like, are, are we even gonna do this? So that made me a little quieter about it. We promoted it and we talked about it. You know, as a church, but I think I probably mentioned it twice myself mm-hmm. from the pulpit. And I don't give a lot of announcements, anyways. I'm just there to teach the Bible, but. Uh, I think another reason I was hesitant is because, you know, not everybody's got that kind of uh, money lying around mm. that many shekels, yeah. you know, to spend yeah. to, to go visit Israel. It, and, I, and I think for me, it kind of felt like, oh, I mean, there's so many needs in the community, so many needs in the world, uh, so much money to spend, to, so many things to spend money on, so many really good causes? This is kind of a vacation. Do I really want to lean in heavy on like, yo, you should really go on a vacation with me. Mm. (laughs) But, you know, while I was there, I really began to afresh see how it was impacting the people that came with me. And it was... A familiarization with the Bible that I don't you could get that yeah. without going there I think I mean there are certain elements that you can't like you just can't replicate being on a boat on the Sea of Galilee and getting the feel for what that mm-hmm. was like um, you gotta just go do it to really get that accurate feel yeah um, but Do you need to go to Jerusalem to get an image in your mind of what the Herodian temple was like during the time of Christ? Not really. It's not there now. So you could look at a model of it from your living room if you wanted to. It's just the thing is, a lot of us won't actually do that. So for me, it felt like this almost like sneaky way of giving an Old Testament and New Testament survey to a bunch of people in our church. And when I started thinking about it like that, I realized, oh yeah, this is well worth it. This is, to me, I started seeing, yeah, this is pretty similar to like a semester of Bible college or something like that. And whatever you'd pay for that is going to be more than what you'd pay for, you know, an 11 day tour of Israel. So, I think it's worth it for anybody who would like to grow in their biblical understanding. If what you're wanting is a religious experience, I'd say hard pass. Like for me, for one, um, so many of the sites are like a disappointment when it comes to that, because I'll just say it, the Catholic Church has just butchered so many of those sites. Mm. You know, it's like a lot of the sites that they say are like, this is where this happened. They're hardcore traditional sites. They're based on, they're not really based on archaeology or true history. It's just mm-hmm. at some point somebody came along and said, this is where this happened. And so they bought the land and they built a church there. And I'm not really into mm-hmm. flying across the planet to go inside a bunch of old churches. To me, they're not beautiful, anyways. They get in yeah. the way of true spirituality. So uh, what can happen is you're like going and you're thinking, wow, man, I just, you know, I'm going to go to, um, you know, see these sites and then you kind of get to them. And it's like, wow, it just feels, you know, like, for instance, the site where it's probable that Jesus called Peter, James, John and Andrew because they've uncovered these this ancient dock. Uh, down the shore from Capernaum, carved into the rock, and you see the steps there and everything. And it's just really cool, and, and it's like, well, there's a high probability that this is where they were mending their nets and uh, had come in after working during the day and that Jesus met them and called them. High probability of that. Um, or, and at the very least, you're getting an idea of what it was like during their time. And high probability at the very least that they were there at some point. But they build a church like right on top of it, and there's just signs everywhere, holy place, and it's just weird. It's just got a weird vibe. And then signs and little baskets everywhere asking for money. And it just kind of like kills the vibe. I get that, yeah. (laughs) So if you're going to try to get a religious experience, for one, that'll put a damper on things. But two, I would ask you to really, I'd say to people like that, like, I think you should really think through what Christianity is. Is it, Mm. is it, uh, is it a bells and smells, sights and sounds, um, geographic location based religion? I don't think so. It's something that's internal and real and significant. We worship God in spirit and in truth. It's not about a location anymore. So, I think you kind of got to get that in check in your mind before you go. So if you're saying, I would really love the Bible to come alive. I want to put the Bible together better in my head. I think that's a great motivation for going. If it's, Mm. I want to go on a holy pilgrimage and I want to feel the feels, then I'm not saying you won't have real Jesus encounters while you're there. You will and you can. But if you're thinking that it's because you're there that somehow you're closer to God or he's going to be more alive to you, I just think that's the wrong motivation for, for wow. going.
0: That's super clarifying. I love that concept of putting the Bible together. I don't think I would ever thought of it that way, but going and seeing the places and putting those pictures in your mind and putting it all together, man, what a blessing for any Christian who wants to go deeper in their understanding of God's word. I think the question that's burning in everybody's mind, Nate, is when's the next trip?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet. I, I, I need a little bit of space from this trip, you know, to kind of just think about it. If it's just me emotionally making a decision, I'm like, let's go next year. You know, we had for this trip, 50 people signed up for the trip and 25 ended up going partly because i'm sure you know things come up in people's lives you're going to have some attrition anyways but i'm sure a lot of that attrition had to do with just covid uncertainties you know all that kind of stuff so that tells me that there was another whole group that would have loved to come and that's a nice size to bring 25 40 people um so, you know, I, I don't know, we're gonna pray about it. I'm gonna talk to the pastors about it. You know, it takes it out of me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's time and energy, you know, for, for us. It's, a, it's an investment, so to speak, you know, for, for my family, for me. So we'll see how often uh, we can do it, but maybe in the next couple of years, we'll, we'll go again. I think another thing I just want to say, because, you know, one of the main, I thought what you're going to ask me, you know, like what burning on everybody's mind, I thought you were going to say is, <laughs> is it safe? Because a lot of people yeah. have this uh, image in their mind that Israel is this, you know, just hectic war zone yeah. and that it's very unsafe. First of all, you're an American touring Israel. Nobody wants you to get hurt while you're there. That would just be bad for all sides. So there's that. Secondly, the whole time you're there, you never feel like you're not safe. I mean, we would ask our guide all the time. And, and, you know, I mean, partly you're safe because every Israeli citizen has served in the military. I mean, you have to, it's the rules. So they know how to handle themselves. But secondly, You know, like we, we asked our guide one night we were in Jerusalem we're like, Hey, you know, when we get back to the hotel, it's nighttime, you know, do we have to eat at the hotel or can we go out, you know? And he's like, listen, you guys, Jerusalem is safe. You can go out. You can go do stuff. You could take a taxi. You can go cruise the city if you want to. It's a safe place. So it's crazy safe. You know, I've never heard of anybody on any tour getting hurt or endangered mm, yeah. or anything like that. I mean, you feel like the sense of potential volatility for sure. I mean, we went to the Temple Mount. And, mm, you yeah. know, on the Temple Mount, you know, the, the, the Jews have allowed the Muslims to control the Temple Mount. They didn't have to do that, but they made the decision to let them have control of the Temple Mount. And so there's an agreement in place that Christians can come and tour it. Um, but you can sense it, like as you're going through the metal detectors and all of that, and you get to the Temple Mount and there's like, um, you know, Muslim, um, you know, officials that are there, like kind of watching your group to make sure that everybody's doing the dress code uh, correctly. and all that kind of stuff, and that you're not supposed to like be laughing and you know, things like that. You sense the tension that exists there, and the tension is real. I mean, there's conflict among the people groups that occupy uh, Israel at this point. Um, and that's a really cool thing to learn about, you know, to kind of get past what you're being fed on a lot of the public or popular news outlets and to really learn about what it's really like, boots on the ground, that's a great experience. Um, But to me, uh, I haven't seen anything from any tour that's ever made me think this would be an unsafe experience for somebody. You're safe, you're together, you're being watched over the whole time. Um, But, you know, I probably have a higher threshold for that kind of thing than some people, I totally get it. You know, you kinda gotta think that through for yourself. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm just kind of like, if there's any place I want to be when it goes down, I think it's there. (laughs) I mean, that's just exciting to me. But you know, I get it. Yeah. And uh, but I just think that a lot of that stuff is really hyped up. I mean, we were there when during the time, right when Russia invaded Ukraine. You know, people were like texting me from home. You know, like, are you guys okay? What's going on? You know, and I like asked our guide. I'm like, so like, are you? worried at all he's like why would I be worried that's really far away (laughs) so so it was not like a thing there where it's like dude it's about to go down yeah I'm sure there's some people out there drawing some kind of connection as to why Israel was about to get crazy Hmm. but it just didn't feel like it sure didn't feel like it was about to happen as we're sitting in our hotel eating our big old buffet meals every night (laughs) it just felt like a very peaceful experience
0: yeah that's so great to hear. I know we were praying for you guys through all that. And I just want to say thank you for taking our church through that trip. I know the people who did go really were just so blessed by the trip and the connections they made with Scripture, the relationships that were built, the experience of it all. So thank you. Uh, we'll look forward to maybe another trip in the future if the Lord wills that for our church. Um, church, if you're listening to this right now, you know, Nate's most recent message from Nehemiah 9 was taught at the place where it yeah, happened yeah. in israel um could you just for a moment because that's a really special experience be able to teach a passage of scripture for a sunday you know like to your church right where it happened can you just share a little bit about how that experience was i mean it was a dream come true you know
1: to first of all to have everything line up like that by the you know i just felt like the holy spirit had put that all together because oh, yeah i um, preparing to teach Nehemiah chapter nine, you know, the people gathering together on the stairs, reading the Bible for three hours and then praying to God. I'm preparing to teach that passage, not some, you know, random, uh, you know, couple of verses from Colossians. I know that's what's so special (laughs) about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, we're in the city where this actually happened. The ruins of that place are available for tours to go and just hang out for a few hours. And uh, so yeah, you know, you and me know, I was supposed to just record that in my hotel room one night. You know, just me, my computer, and the microphones that you guys sent to me. We were content to have a real low quality thing. So a couple things had to happen. I mean, for one, um, you know, I I asked our guide, I said, hey, you know, "I, I need to record a teaching while I'm here for our online service. Um, I was just going to do it in my hotel room, but do you know any place that would be, you know, kind of a more scenic kind of overlook or something? And he asked me about it. I told him that we're in Nehemiah 9 and he's like, well, you know, we could go to the Southern Steps where that story happened. You know, I'm like, wow, that'd be great. And then the cool thing was that A couple guys were on our uh, tour who were, are like video pros. So they had gear, you know, they had their cameras that they were filming with or taking still photos with. And they were just down, you know, to get it all dialed up. And of course you guys had sent me with all the audio gear that was needed. So, you know, that was just, Uh, like okay yeah let's do that and then I asked the group if they wanted to be part of it and they were all about it and then they were the ones that came up with the idea since we have a scripture reader each week they're like let's have our guide be our scripture reader you know he's a messianic (laughs) Jew like it would just be awesome so we did it we just had a little church service out there Um, at the end of our tour day it was a Monday at the end of our tour day I'd put the message together uh, the night before in my hotel room and uh, had my Bible. And and, uh, we prayed and read the word and, you know, taught the word. And, man, it was just such a cool feeling. I mean, that spot is, uh, I think it had significance on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Might be the place where Peter preached and Mm. 3,000 people got saved. Wow. There's all these mikvahs or baptismals that are there. And it might have been the place where lots of people, you know, got baptized uh, and became Mm -hmm. members of the church. Uh, Jesus, of course, would have walked up those steps coming up the valley through the old city of David to go to the Temple Mount for his times where he would gather there and worship and visit the temple. You know, sometimes clearing it out of all the evil, all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. So just a lot of significance right there on those steps of that little area. And uh, to have everybody just sitting there, um, you know, I I was facing the Temple Mount and they were facing the Old City of David. Wow. And we're just there in the midst of all this history, just a little group of 25 of us, (laughs) just geeking out, you know, about the Bible. That was just amazing. You know, it was just such a special experience. And then having our guide, a Messianic Jew from Jerusalem, 11 generations living in Jerusalem. Oh, wow. To have him reading the word to us. Yeah, just a powerful little moment. And little moments like that are just so special on a trip like that. I mean, we had one woman on the trip who a few years ago when Bill Buffington was speaking at our church one Sunday, he taught about the passage where Jesus set the demon-possessed man in Gadara free Mm -hmm. and allowed the demons to go into a a herd of pigs who then tumbled headlong over a cliff and she gave her life to Jesus that day. So that's a big part of her testimony, hearing that message going, that's what God wants to do in my life. He wants to set me free. He wants to bring me into my right mind accepting Jesus, and then one day, we went and found that spot, you know? And I had her share her story on the microphone in the bus after we visited it. You know, little moments like that are just so special while you're there. I mean, being in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, where Jesus spent the night in prayer and was arrested, and then having a little quiet moment where everyone could just kind of spread out and pray for a few minutes. Mm you know, times like that are really special and, um, impactful, you know, in, in your life and things just kind of, like I said, they, the Bible comes together, things come together, uh, in your heart. So yeah, that moments like that are really special, but for me teaching at the, the Southern steps, you know, a Sunday message, like that, one, that was killer. Yeah, I hope so. Plan it out like that in the future, <laughs> you know, like wherever. Wow. Whenever I know I've got an Israel trip coming, I'll try to just have some, you know, all right, we're in the Gospel of Mark and this is where this happened, you know, or whatever. I'll try to pull
0: that off in the future. Oh, 100%, you have to. Yeah. yeah. Well, man, thank you so much for sharing about the trip. Again, you know, Pastor Nate's most recent message from Nehemiah 9 is on our YouTube page. You can see that scene that he's talking about on the video. So I encourage you to check that out. We'll keep an ear out for a future trip, maybe in the future. Um, But thank you again for leading our church to do that. I think it's a big blessing. It's going to have great dividends um, in the future. So thank you. You bet.
1: We pray that today's discussion has blessed you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and share so we can continue to reach people and make Jesus famous in our lives and the lives around us.